We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for 6-14-2014. And continuing, next report, Feinstein and Boxer introduced Bill to rat out a family member with a firearm exploiting the Isla Vista shooting um, in a new bid to confiscate firearms from American citizens. So, California Democrat, uh, Devil, I mean, Diane Feinstein and uh, Barbara Boxer are exploiting the Isla Vista shooting to, in a bid to confiscate firearms of American citizens. The Pause for Safety Act will allow families and others to seek a gun violence prevention order in court. The order will allow police to confiscate firearms from people who have not committed a crime and may not necessarily pose a threat. See, all it takes in in this brave new world we're moving into is just the accusation. What does that do? Well, okay, let's say you're somebody that has figured a lot of this stuff out, okay? Let's say you're a listener of mine. Let's say you're a listener of, from just a, uh, uh, like, you you know about 9-11, the scam that went on there. You know about all this garbage that the government's doing. And your family members find this out. And they're like, you know what, We're, we're the sheeple people. And your very presence convicts us of a lot of things we don't like. And we know that you're big into Second Amendment. And we think that because we really don't like your ideology, that we're going to turn you into the government. And we like this pause for safety act thing. Um, because we can, uh, we can allow the police to confiscate your firearms because we think you know you're a little on the nutty side. Even though you haven't committed a crime, even though you're more sane than any of them, and that you've never posed a threat, we, we can still come in there and, and do that. Senator Feinstein added, I'm pleased to work with Senator Boxer on this bill, which creates a new grant program to encourage states to allow family members and others, what, some guy off the street, some co-worker, knows your Second Amendment, pro-Second Amendment? Maybe they came into your house one time and saw a Gadsden flag. Maybe they know that you listen to Alex Jones or, I don't know, somebody like me. Uh-uh, you don't need to have a firearm. You're dangerous. Uh-uh. We know what's best for you. We are big brother. We are Satan. And you're a threat. And, and you need to be disarmed, boy. Or ma'am. Seriously, that's what this is coming to. This bill creates a new grant program to encourage states to allow family members and others to seek court orders to temporarily prohibit dangerous individuals from possessing a firearm. The bill would allow those who know the most about the condition of someone who poses a risk of committing violence to take steps to remove firearms from that individual's possession. What if it's somebody that has an axe to grind against you? What if it's somebody that just doesn't like you? They can go in and accuse you of, of, of anything. And guess what? You have a nice SWAT team showing up at your front door. Kicking in your front door with guns blazing. You'd be lucky to even make it into, into, the, into the squad car alive. Seriously, that's where this is all coming to. So that's the, that's the latest thing that's coming out of this garbage. Now, let's go further. Every mass shooting over the last 20 years has one thing in common. And it's not guns. 
Um, uh, Let's just read further. Nearly every mass shooting incident in the last 20 years and multiple other instances of suicide and isolated shootings all share one thing in common, and it's not weapons used. The overwhelming evidence points to the single largest common factor or denominator in all of these incidences is the fact that all the perpetrators were either actively taking powerful psychotropic drugs or had been at some point in the immediate past before they committed their crimes. Now, they even the, their neighbors had said that these other people were... Um, the one, the one report said that this guy, his, his teeth were basically rotten out of his head. That's a sign of methamphetamine. And when you look at the interview that I played of, of, of him at the Bundy Ranch, when they interviewed him, the, he looked really, really mega creepy. He's got really dark circles under his eyes, and he just look, he looks like a meth addict to me. Now, that's, gonna, that's like you know a prescription drug on steroids. I mean, that's, you're, you're really going to get beyond demon-possessed. I mean, you really literally are seeing the little green men. There's no drug that ravages the body that I know of more than methamphetamine. I mean, have you seen those before and after pictures of people that go on that stuff like a year later or two? I mean, it's unbelievable how it ages you and what it does to your body and the level of devils. So I'm just saying um, that's also, I mean, yeah, taking powerful psychiatric drugs, but a lot of these people, those are gateway drugs. You know what I mean? I mean, in other words, you take the powerful psychotropics, okay, and then all of a sudden, hey, wow, I had this inhibition about actually doing hardcore drugs, but I really don't anymore. Because I've got another layer, level of demons in me from this prescription psychotropic. Now I'm really going to get into the good stuff. You know, let's break out the cocaine. Let's break out the methamphetamine. Let's get into the heroin, you know. I'm just saying, those would definitely be also, that's another aspect of this, is those being used as gateway drugs. Like, marijuana is used as a big-time gateway drug. It's a proven fact to get into the other hardcore stuff. You give Satan an inch, he's going to take a mile. Okay, so continuing further, multiple credible scientific studies going back more than a decade, as well as internal documents from certain pharmaceutical companies that suppress the information, show that SSRI drugs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, have well-known but unreported side effects, including but not limited to suicide and other violent behavior. Uh, only One only need to Google relevant keywords or phrases to see for themselves. I would use startpage.com or xquicks.com for your searches if you want them to be private, because Google's anything but private. Anyway, you, um, if you go to ssristories.com, it's one popular site that has documented over 4,500 mainstream media-reported cases from around the world of aberrant or violent behavior by taking those powerful drugs. <clears throat> the following list of mass shooting per- perpetrators and the drugs they were taking or had been taking just bef- shortly before their horrific actions was compiled and published to Facebook by John Novisky, founder and owner of Novisky Rifle Works, just days before he was mysteriously killed in a single car accident. Imagine that. Is there a link between Novisky's death and the outing of information numerous disparate parties would prefer to s- suppress for a variety of reasons? <clears throat> I leave that to the individual readers to decide, but there is most certainly a documented history of people who, quote, knew too much, who were considered a threat, 
dying under extraordinary suspicious circumstances. On to the list of mass shooters. This is only a partial list. Okay? A partial list of mass shooters and the stark link to psychotropic drugs. Eric Harris, age 17, first on Zoloft, then on Luvox, and then uh, Dylan Klebold, aged 18, Columbine High School, Littleton, Colorado killings. Killed 12 students, one teacher, wounded 23 others before killing themselves. Huh, where have we seen that before? And they were both on psychotropic drugs, and both, both most likely MKUltra type mind control slaves that were triggered to do this, and then they killed themselves when they were confronted with people with weapons. Klebold's medical records have never been made av- available to the public. Um, so, Jeff Weiss, age 16, had been prescribed 60 milligrams a day of program- Prozac, three times the average starting d- a dose for adults. So he's only 16. Hey, let's, let's prescribe him three times the starting dose for an adult. Prozac. When he shot his grandmother, his grandfather's girlfriend, and many fellow students, um, fellow students at Red Lake, Minnesota, then he shot himself. Ten dead, twelve wounded there. Corey Badsgard, age 16. While Luke High School in Washington was on Paxil, which caused him to have solution hallucinations, which again, getting your third eye opened up, that's pretty pretty rough stuff. You're definitely into demonic, um, heavy duty, if not possession, infestation. When he took a rifle to his high school and held 23 classmates hostage, he has no memory of the event though. Hmm, sounds like he was on satanic autopilot. Uh, Chris Fetters, age 13, killed his favorite aunt while taking Prozac. Uh, Christopher Pittman, age 12, murdered both his grandparents while taking Zoloft. Matthew Miller, age 13, hung himself in the bedroom closet after taking Zoloft for only six days. Kip Kinkle, age 15, on Prozac and Ritalin, shot his parents while they slept, then went to school and opened fire, killing two classmates, injuring 22, shortly after beginning Prozac treatment. Hmm. Luke Woodham, age 16, Prozac, killed his mother and then killed two students, wounding six others. Boy in Pocatello, Idaho, was on Zoloft in 1988, had a Zoloft-induced seizure that caused an armed standoff at his school. Michael Carneal, who was on Ritalin, age 14, open-fired on students at high school prayer meeting in West Paducah, Kentucky. Um, three teenagers were killed, five others were wounded. Young man in Huntsville, Alabama, was on Ritalin, went on a psychotrophic, uh, chopping up his parents with an axe, and then also killing one sibling and murdering another. Andrew Golden, age 11, on Ritalin, and Michael Johnson, age 14, also on Ritalin, shot 15 people, killing four students, one teacher, and wounding 10 others. T.J. Solomon, age 15, was on Ritalin, um, was a high school student at Conyers, Georgia, opened fire and wounded six of his classmates. Rod Matthews, age 14, was on Ritalin, beat a classmate to death with a bat. James Wilson, age 19, various psychotropic drugs, from Bradenton, South Carolina, took a 22 caliber revolver to a revolver to an elementary school, killing two young girls and wounding seven other children and two teachers. Elizabeth Bush, age 13, was on Paxil, was responsible for shooting school shooting in Pennsylvania. Jonathan Hoffman, or Jason Hoffman, was on Effexor and Selexa. Uh, he was involved in a school shooting in Elk, Joan, California. Jared Victor, age 15, was on Paxil. After five days on Paxil, he stabbed his grandmother 61 times. Only 61? I mean, hey, only five days on Paxil? I mean, come on. I mean, you know. I mean, this is just unbelievable. But this is all, these are all cases that, I mean, this, and again, this is just a fraction. If you look at worldwide, what this stuff's doing, and probably the, the stories that 
where they don't ever disclose that they're on psychotropic meds. But this goes on and on and on and on. Okay, I'm not going to go over all the rest. There's tons more. You can read it on the PDF. So, um, uh, those focusing on further firearm bans or magazine restrictions are clearly focusing on the wrong issue and asking the wrong questions as a deliberate attempt, attempt to hide these links that I just went over just in part. Then it says, don't let them force our elected representatives and the media to cast a harsh spotlight on this issue. Well, <laughs> you know, that's like trying to twist Satan's arm to do something right, you know. Um, don't stop hounding them until they do. I'm not saying to not do that. I'm just saying um, prayer, I think, is, is the most powerful weapon here regarding this. And then also being proactive, yes, absolutely. You know, and, and making other people aware of this satanic garbage that we're covering here. So if we go to, um, now I've done a study um, in my end times preparedness prepper mega study, and I, I posted it in green here uh, in the PDF for um, June 14, 2014. And um, it's part two end time preparedness prepper mega study. And the, the, the first part of the part two is when the music stops, how America's cities may explode in violence. And then the next part is my teaching on biblical resistance to tyranny, because that's a subject that comes up more and more and more. I've already done a whole study on this and I try to approach this from a biblical angle here. Um, and so that's all for that. Now, then we have this whole slender man and the preteen conditioning for the antichrist arrival, you know, and um, how that relates to this. Now, I also heard that this guy, this uh, Jared guy from this Batman, guy dressed up as Batman in Las Vegas and, uh, you know, killed the two cops. And I don't know exactly who killed who. I mean, if it was his wife or, or whatever. But that he was also obsessed with the Slender Man. Okay? Um... I think we're going to see a lot of this type of overt demonic behavior more and more and more. Like this whole black awakening, this, these satanic super soldiers, these chosen ones that are going to be increasingly triggered, whether it's literally from the government or whether it's from some literal demonic slash fallen angelic cue. I believe this is all part of Satan's agenda to create that new world order out of chaos and to commit as much carnage as possible. This whole thing with the Slender Man thing, I really think figures into that. Uh, this report reads, This is a very sad and disturbing case, but as the Christian consensus fades, the hedge of divine protection is lifting and demons are rising to power more and more. On Saturday, two 12-year-old girls pictured to the left Morgan Geyser and Anissa Weir stabbed their classmate. Now, these are 12 year old girls, stabbed their classmate 19 times in order to become the initiates of a phantom called Slenderman. Now, this is from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. They reported both sub suspects explain the stabbing to police, referencing their dedication to the Slenderman, the character they discovered on a website called. Creepypasta Wiki, which is devoted to horror stories. 
We're told police that the Slender Man is a leader of is the leader of creepy pasta, and in a hierarchy of that world, one must kill to show dedication. Weir said that Geyser told her they should become quote proxies of Slender Man, which is a paranormal figure known for his ability to create tendrils from his fingers in back and kill their um uh they should become proxies of Slender Man and kill their friend to prove themselves worthy of him. Now, was that part of this guy's motivation? This, this Jared and his Amanda, his wife? I don't know, but I, I did hear that there were sl- associations with him and Slender Man. Now, all of a sudden, you have these girls killing, and then I start thinking, huh, this is whole weird, this whole dark awakening, uh, black awakening, these satanic super soldiers, these... What are the triggers here, whether it be government, whether it be purely demonic, or a combination thereof of both? Probably a combination of both. Are we actually seeing the, the literal, true beginning of that? I mean, where it's going to begin in earnest. I'm not saying we, haven't, we couldn't look back on the previous years and, and point to those many horrific things that have happened. But I'm saying, is this the point where it begins in earnest? When they proclaim the revolution has begun. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I think it's something for us to definitely pray about. Pray against. You know, and, and like, as far as protection for ourself, from whether it be wicked, evil government entities or, or, or evil, malevolent forces, that's why I did that teaching on Psalm 64. Imprecatory prayers and a Christian's door of hope. Because I'm not just here to give you just doom and gloom and, and, and to act as though Jesus Christ and Father God are not on the throne. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not about... I, I want to empower my listeners. I don't want to just, you know, frustrate them and act like there's no hope. And I'm sorry, but a lot of these writers out there that write about this type of stuff, that even claim that they're Christians, if you read a lot of their stuff, it's like, well, you know, there's no hope. Let's just pack it up and curl into a fetal position and, and die, essentially. It's all doom and gloom. It's, it's as though God doesn't even exist. No, no, no. Wrong. Wrong. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Call upon thee and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I am the God, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? These are in Isaiah, those last two. That's what God's asking you to ask him. So, you know, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know, these are the types of, of verses we need to, to, to keep in mind. So, um, this transition where we are going to see, I, I believe, a transition where it's not just going to be some patriot, some patriot patsy doing some mass killing. You're going to start seeing killings that are more in-your-face, overtly motivated by malevolent forces. Openly. You may start to see many more literal, evil, malevolent things go on that are even, like, not even a human performing. Like a literal, evil, malevolent force performing it. on a supernatural basis, to instill fear in humanity. That's what all these paranormal shows and all these ghost shows and all the horror shows are trying to do. Put fear in you of the dark side. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
we're, we're soldiers in the Lord's army. Okay? Soldiers fight. Now, not everybody is the same type of soldier. Not everybody is a um, front-line, in-your-face, boots-on-the-ground, there-on-site, confronting pure evil. There may be prayer warriors that are enabling, through prayer, through fasting, that person in order to do his job. And without those prayer warriors, that person's not going to fare very well. So, the Bible talks about the body of Christ. And can the finger say to the eye, depart from me, I have no need? Because I'm more important than you. No. Body in the body, everything is essential. Okay? So, um, that's something you need to keep in mind as well. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of this. I think this is going to increase. And I'm, I'm curious to see what more might come out with this Slender Man Association, with this Jared and Amanda people that in, in Vegas that killed these two cops and that that um, uh, that man in Walmart. Both suspects explain... Okay, hold on. I already read that. I'm sorry. Um, so they were trying to become proxies of the Slender Man. And because, to become a proxy of Slender Man, you have to pr- kill to prove you're worthy of him. Weir said she was surprised by Geyser's suggestion. Weir was one of the girls, and Geyser's the other one. But she was also excited to prove skeptics wrong and to show that Slender Man really did exist. What prompts such devotion? I would say demon possession. I mean, I'm ser- I'm sorry, I don't care if they're 12 year old or, or 42 years old. If you're doing something like that, you're like on demonic autopilot. And you're going to see demonic possession earlier and earlier and earlier in children. And I'm sorry, but their parents really, really messed up somewhere along the way here. Probably the whole way in raising them. I have a feeling. I don't. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they were. I seriously doubt they were brought up in a Christian home or raised with any kind of real... I mean, come on, anybody with half a conscience isn't going to go out as a 12-year-old girl and stab their friend 19 times from a sleepover for no reason other than to prove your devotion to Slender Man. I'm sorry. I mean, call me crazy, but I just not really normal little girl behavior. Been around a lot of little girls, raised one, and just really never saw that too much. You know? Call me crazy. Uh... So what prompts such devotion? Slender Man is a foreboding, faceless phantom um, in a dark suit known to haunt children. According to Jesus Christ, demons and evil spirits are absolutely real and have names. Mark 5.9. And let's just read Mark 5.6 to 5.9. But when Jesus saw afar off, he ran and worshipped... But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Um, and cried with a loud voice. This was this was the the maniac that was that was in the um, uh, graveyard in the tombs and stuff that would cut himself and scream out, and no chains could bind him. This was the same guy. So when he saw Jesus afar, he ran and worshipped him. Oh, he knows he's the creator of the universe, even though he's just totally on demonic autopilot. He knows that. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. It's funny how he gives Jesus Christ more praise than most people ever would. I mean, he, he like lays it all out there. He doesn't even try to like, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> and for he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Jesus said that. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, meaning the, the devil, the, the devils in him, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Okay, so this, this is what the name of the spirit was. However, devils seem flexible in their identities. Scripture does not call many by name, but they do seem to morph by adopting new names over time. For example, they have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His, in, uh, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he's called Apollyon, according to Revelation 9.11. Abaddon is the place of destruction, um, the really bad side of the underworld Sheol. According to Proverbs 15.11, 27.20, and Job 26.6, we find it personified along with death, this um, place of destruction. This is the biblical starting point for the speculation that Abaddon, uh, as, as a separate entity, meaning he is this angel of the bottomless pit also, when we arrive at the book of Revelation, Abaddon is a full-fledged fallen angel king over the bottomless pit, known as also known as Apollyon in the Greek, which means the destroyer, and is a play on the name Apollo. Apollyon and Apollo. The point of this exercise is to show that scripture supports the notion that demonic names morph from other concepts over time. Um, here's a picture of this god in Zoroastrianism called Angra Men, Manu, Angra Manu. Anyways, like this devil-looking dragon kind of thing with claws. It looks like he's been doing a lot of squats in the gym because he's got a really good hamstring and good quads on him. His calves are a little weak, I'll be honest. He needs to work on his calves a little bit more. Um, forearms and biceps are okay. But anyway, um, he's got wings and horns and claws and he looks like he's got chicken feet. So he might be a little made fun of by uh, the other devil gods for, because of his chicken feet. But anyway, other cultures have similar other destroyer gods. Uh, Angry Manu and Zoroastrianism, Shiva, um, the destroyer, the you know the god of destruction uh, in Hinduism, who is their really their main deity in Hinduism, Shiva. You know, and then you have Kali, the goddess of death, which is supposedly Shiva's daughter. And anyway, uh, Ira. The Akkadian plague god, uh, Malsimus, the malevolent god in the Abakini mythology, and many others. My point in citing these is to suggest that the fallen angelic rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers likely assume many names as they function in various historical eras and geographic areas. Rather than creating these identities, they promote an archetype like the destroyer, Apollyon, or Apollo, or Abaddon, that gets recast in various culture, cultural contexts over various time periods. Like Diana, the, the goddess Diana, and Aphrodite, and Isis, and all of these, and then you have the whole recreating it into the Catholic Mary. Okay? All of these are very, very, very similar, but they've been recast over different geographic locations, over different time periods, to fit that archetype for that particular era. It's the same old devil, different day. Different costume. Yeah, I guess is the point of it. If you really want to simplify it. 
In other words, evil entities are more than happy to bring life to idols and to try to accommodate what a person's perception might be of them in that particular time era. The Apostle Paul connects the dots between man-made idols and demons. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.20 But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So see, when you, when you sacrifice to an idol, you're having fellowship with the devil. Okay? You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Well, it makes sense. You can't bow the knee to God and the knee to Baal. You can't have a, a spring that brings forth fresh water and salt. It's along those lines. Paul implies that the devil empower, the devils empower and use man-made idols of wood and stone, etc. My comment, when a person worships or sacrifices to these evil beings, they are having fellowship with that devil or devils, and are empowering that devil, and are becoming more demon-infested the more they worship these idols. These devils like to be worshipped just the same way Satan likes to be worshipped. And you're literally empowering them and giving them influence over your life when you do that to them. This practice is carried on all over the world every day in various pagan religions, but also in our era, increasingly phantom-like figures like the Slender Man are being worshipped and sacrificed to as evidenced by the action of these two 12-year-old girls. What were they doing? They were trying to prove themselves, become what they call proxies to the Slender Man, by stabbing this girl who they had just had a sleepover with. They took her out near the woods, started stabbed her 19 times. Miraculously, she didn't die. Thank God. But they were doing that, and this was, this was literally feeding the devil's that were operating through them. You, they're literally they're defiling the land through this innocent blood. They're, they're feeding these devils. They're, literally, you can bring a curse on the land as well through these types of actions. And the devils know this. And that's why they want you to do stuff like this. If this is the case, might an actual evil spirit have adopted the Slender Man character to satisfy its malevolent agenda against children? I don't really believe that. I believe the Slender Man's already been around for probably since the angels fell. And I'm going to prove that in a second. When it comes to stuff like this, when the news breaks about it, the police guy, all the reports, oh, this fake Slender Man, this fantasy character, this hoax, this myth that never existed. Oh, Really? So they were motivated over nothing more than they really got into these horror stories on Creepy Boston. There was no demonic influence on them at all. So much so that it motivated them enough to kill at a 12-year-old. I mean, that grew up in like relatively, seemingly normal families. Come on. Don't tell me there's no demonic component here. There's no way. Okay? Um... But they're almost downplaying this, saying that they've adopted a Slenderman character to satisfy its malevolent agenda, this evil spirit. No, no, no. I think Slenderman's been around, and, and I'm going to prove that. I suggest that two 12-year-old girls were enticed by more than a website. Well, absolutely. That's right. I am suggesting that Slenderman has become real. Has become? No, 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 no. He's been. 
He's a devil that's been here a long, long time, and we'll, we'll prove it. He's become real, and rather that the character has a real malevolent spirit empowering him, one that was able to reach out uh, of the online horror fantasy world to the real world in order to entice two 12-year-old girls to murderous mischief. My comment, this thing has been around a long time and is not a, and is not a fictional character created in 2009. Like they're trying to have everybody believe, oh, it's this fictional character. Their minds just, their imaginations just ran away with them. No, wrong. I wonder if these two girls were on meds too. Because this is the type of, of, of behavior that psychotropic meds bring about. We just have documented all that. All of the cases over and over and over of murder. And they're always on Prozac, Paxil, one of these Zoloft, one of these psychotropic meds. Love to know that about them. I, I would, you know, I don't bet, but I'm just saying <laughs> the smart money would be saying, oh yeah, they were on meds. Because, I mean, again, they're trying to get everybody on meds, especially psychotropic meds. So, that would have been another huge piece of the puzzle. The Slender Man is an alleged paranormal figure purported to have been in existence for centuries, covering a large geographical area. Believers in the Slender Man tie his appearance... Now, this is information I found here. Believers in the Slender Man tie his appearance in with many other legends around the world that go back hundreds of years, like the one called Fear Dub, or the Dark Man, in Scotland. The Dutch... Takamon, or the Branch Man, um, and the German legend of Der Grossmann, the Tall Man. One of the main issues facing Slender Man investigators in the, is the fact that, quote, his appearance seems to be subjective, with reports varying largely from area to area. Remember what we just talked about? That these deities can morph and change they're like shapeshifters over time to fit the culture, to fit whatever archetype the culture would expect it to look like. You know, Diana presented himself in a different way than Isis would have presented herself a different way, that Aphrodite would have presented herself a different way, that Mary, you know, this is the goddess Mary of the Catholic Church, okay, not the real Mary of the Bible the one they've created this goddess figure out of, the co-redemptrix with Christ, how the uh, Catholic Church promotes her. You have to go through her and Jesus to get saved, which is a total bunch of garbage. Lies. It's the same thing. When this thing appeared way back in the day, back in Germany, or in Scotland, or uh, the Dutch areas, he didn't... See, now, when this thing manifests, many times he's literally wearing a, a suit. Like a, a black suit with like a white shirt underneath. He didn't appear that way a hundred years ago. He's morphing himself to more fit the cultural archetype of our day. This is classic demonic, fallen, angelic, devil behavior. This is often put down to cultural bias with the observer projecting his fears into the sighting and recollections being blurred. However, it is generally agreed that its appearance is pale, emaciated male figure with an apparent height of between 7 and 9 feet tall. The figure is often described as wearing a black suit, although it seems to be a relatively recent addition to the mythology. Now here is a whole list of things you can click on. Um, historical references, it's referenced in Brazilian cave paintings, 
even in Egyptian hieroglyphics, German woodcuts. These are all related to this slender man. Who's actually, uh, coincidentally, you know, you heard of Slender Life, the dieting center. Well, they're going to they're gonna play off this and they're going to start a Slender Man diet center for guys. Because, I mean, you know, the women have all their stuff. And so, just to give you some more examples of historical references of this evil entity, um, you have <clears throat> Brazilian cave paintings, earliest argued reference to the legend of this slender man is within the cave paintings found in Sur de Capivara National Park in northeast of Brazil, which are believed to date back as far as 9000 BC. I don't believe the date, but, you know, long time ago. These paintings show a strong, strangely elongated character leading a child by the hand, which is typically how this, this thing likes to attract children. It, it, it has, and this is again with these these uh, girls, these 12-year-old girls, it's kind of further confirmation of that. Um, they believed, I saw one account where it said they believed that if they killed for him, that that he would grant them um, to come to his mansion in this particular national forest in, like, Wisconsin or something. I don't know where they got that information, but that's that's what they thought they were going to get by killing this other little girl. <clears throat> then there's the Egyptian hieroglyphs. Next known possible reference to Slenderman comes from around 31 BC in Lower Egypt with references to the Thief of the Gods or the Thief of Cook becoming commonplace during the reign of Pharaoh. Hieroglyphic carvings represent the thief were found in the Phantom's tomb who were rumored to have some kind of encounter with the entity. The carvings resemble a strange figure with multiple upper limbs one that has never been found in any other hieroglyphic language. So this is another... Again, these types of entities morph over time to fit the culture and time era uh, that they're in. <clears throat> then there's German woodcuts, where this creature is represented. Renowned German woodcutter Hans Frederick created at least two woodcuts featuring a character he described as Der Ritter, or the Knight, which is known as the Knight, during the mid-16th century that were discovered in Hostelberg Castle in 1883. While Fre Freckenberg was well known for his realistic depiction of human anatomy, something was unusual among the woodcuts of his time. These pictures featured a skeletal, multi-limbed character. Historians are unsure of the exact <clears throat> symbolic nature of the character, with some claiming that it's personification of religious wars that raged in Europe at that time, while others say it represents a mysterious plague that are believed to be the reason for the mysterious abandoning of the, of the Hasburg Castle in the village nearby in 1543. Um, however, many insist that Freckenberg was attempting to represent Deer Groman, or the Tall Man. According to legend, he was a fairy that lived in the Black Forest. They, he tends to always present himself in forests, typically. Black, bad children who crept into the woods at night would relentlessly be chased down by this tall man who would leave them be until he either caught them or they were forced to tell their parents of their wrongdoing. Okay, well that's, you know. Uh, even then there's, there is a chilling account of the old journal. Um, <clears throat> anyway, going further, there's also a Rom Romanian fairy tale which tells of the legend of a tall man featuring the description, which may have taken 
which may be taken to refer to Slender Man. The tall man uh, stood in a clearing, dressed as a noble man, all in black. Shadows lay over him, dark as a cloudy midnight. He had many arms, all long and boneless as snakes. I mean, this is classically how this thing is described. And he, he, I mean, there's all types of pictures of this thing. I mean, some you could say, oh, well, that's whatever. But I don't think all the pictures are, are um, not legitimate. I mean, they, it seems to be quite a few of them are actually real images. And some of these pictures are very, very old, and back then photoshopping wasn't exactly, you know, the thing of the day. Uh, His longs, her arm, were all long and boneless as snakes, as sharp as swords, they ride like worms on nails. That's exactly how this thing is depicted um, in today's day and age. He did not speak, but he he did, but made his intentions known. That's also, he does not speak, he has a face with no features, um, this type of thing. And again, these devils appear and manifest in these ways to elicit the maximum amount of fear because they literally feed off your fear. So if you're ever confronted with one of these, the best thing you can do is not run and to quote scripture in faith against the thing. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. The blood of Jesus Christ is against you. You know, these types of, of, of things particularly using the Lord Jesus Christ in faith toward evil entities. It's like throwing battery acid on them. Um, alien encounters, when people cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, it's like, you know, the, these supposed aliens go nuts. It's like throwing acid on them. So, this is how, but if you turn tail and run and are in fear, that demonstrates you have no faith. Also, when you put on the full armor of God, there's nothing guarding the backside of you. Notice all the armor that, that is described put on, maybe the helmet of salvation. You know, you could say that wraps around the back of the head, but, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the loins girdle with truth, feet shot with the preparation of the gospel peace, your, you know, shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, those are all in front of you. So the sword of the spirit is the only truly offensive weapon, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So this is why you quote scripture to evil entities, and it's important to... Um, Put on the full armor of God. And if you know you're going to get into some type of conflict, and I really believe these are going to become more commonplace. You you do, you know, praying and fasting and having other people pray for you. And, and you want to know more about my supernatural stuff I've went through, just key in supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and I'll give you a lot of my testimonies. Um, I've went and tried to seek out things like this in times past. I haven't had as much time to do it lately. But, um... <clears throat> I I have no doubt that if I was confronted by this thing or whatever, um, the 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 Lord Jesus Christ will prevail. I have no doubt. No, and I honestly, there's a big part of me that can't wait for this. Um, I really believe that if people see a born again Christian confronting evil and overcoming evil and vanquishing evil through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not through their own power, but through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, you know, through the word of God, his holy angelic host, the power of the Holy Spirit, that many will get saved. Because you never see that portrayed, ever. On all the paranormal shows, you know, you might have a Catholic priest maybe get a little whatever. 
you know, but it's always evil overcoming. It's always everybody being abjectly afraid of evil and evil winning. And that's exactly the message that Satan wants to send out, that you have no hope in fighting evil when we have all the tools necessary to fight evil uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. There's a lot of different verses you know, that you can quote back to devils like this. Um, so anyway, um, that's something to think about there. Um, and then you get into the 20th century appearings, and there's tons of them. Um, there's, I'm not going to read all these, but there's, there's, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can click on from this, these links. They're going to be in green near the end of this PDF for uh, 614-2000. I'm sorry, yeah, 614-2014. Henderson Horse Farm Incident of 1953. The Sterling City Disappearances of 86 through 87. Jasper, Alberta Disappearances of 2009. All of these things are associated with this. Um, So, this whole thing about this thing being created in 2009 is a total farce. And a lot of it is just to you know, make light of anything that appears to be demonic. And I think a lot of this has spawned out of fear. Oh, this fictitious character and stuff. And a lot of it's fear, because people don't want to, especially like with law enforcement stuff, this is something that they couldn't deal with. They don't want to give it any credence that it could actually exist. So they tend to be the big man on campus and act like, oh, this fictional character. And they were just motivated out of their imagination and this kind of, no, they're motivated out of demonic obsession. And, um, you know, anyway, I wanted to try to give you another side of this uh, regarding, this isn't exactly an exhaustive teaching on the Slender Man. More, more things will actually probably come out, um, and um, the, a folklorist named Dale James notes that while he has no clear agenda with regards to who he targets, Slender Man has an affinity for younger victims, though, those more impressionable and vulnerable, which would describe these two 12-year-old girls. And again, we've got this, these, te- these shootings that just happened in, um, in uh, Vegas, and these two little girls, shootings, uh, killings that happen within like, I don't know, a week apart, or ten days, and you have both, all of a sudden you have the Slender Man. I, we got into the Batman aspect, but Slender Man was also uh, another figure that, that I guess this Amanda and Jared Las Vegas shooters were obsessed with, and obviously these two little girls were. So, I really think this has to do with, and then they're saying the revolution has begun, and then the whole thing about the Dark Awakening. I don't know. You know? You put that all together, and um, especially if you continue to see that trend developing, and you're going to know that that there's a connection, and uh, that unfortunately you're probably going to see more and more things like this going on as we get further into the end times. And the Bible does predict that things are going to become more wicked and more debased, and, and it has to happen in order for the Antichrist and false prophet to arise. So um, that's all I have for today. Uh, we will uh, go ahead and close us out in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you in prayer, and I do pray, God, that you bless my listeners, that 
in the body of Christ, Lord, in general, the widows, the orphans, the innocent that are in this world, Lord, that their souls would be saved at the earliest possible age, Lord, that you would use them mightily for your glory, that you would protect us, Lord, from this evil that seems to be encroaching in on every side, that you would give us wisdom and discernment regarding these areas and how to pray against this type of wickedness and fast and um, what you would have us do against it. I pray that the body of Christ would be used mightily for your glory regarding battling this evil and that the unsaved masses would see these things and that the Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified and that many would be saved as a result of these righteous efforts. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.